myself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Polinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. Awesome, man. It's good to see you. Always good to see you. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. I should have said that first. Um, wow. Well, we build up suspense sometimes. We do. We do. Um, so, yeah, let's get right to it, man. Uh, you know, before Daniel and I ever hit record, we're always talking, and then we're like, we should be saving this for the podcast. <laughs> and I can't help myself because I always love to talk. So uh, we were kind of going over all the points of, of what today's episode will be about. But today's episode um, will be specifically about Saturn's return dun, and more dun, so... Dun. <laughs> what it really means to to sort of um, not really understand what is happening within Saturn's return or what 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 the consequences of sort of avoiding um, what uh, what Saturn's return really entails you know I know we talked a lot about things like uh, with, with regards to other planets and I think this is a fascinating one because you know um, even Mercury uh, makes its return within like a month of, of you know with every sign that's out there yet, Saturn's return is like a 29 to 30, right? 31 years of, of, of coming back. Is it 31? Does it go up to 31? It's 29 exactly, but you feel the ramifications. You feel the vibration about two years before and then about two years after. Right. Um, and some people kind of feel that vibration a little bit even before. And we'll kind of talk about that. Um, that's kind of how astrological energy moves. It's almost like a musical note. And you know how sometimes it will vibrate the notes next to it? Right. That's the same how astrological energy kind of works. So its vibration is left in the space that it's going to. It's kind of like bleeding into the place that it's going to. And it's, it stays and lingers a little bit in the places it's left. Fascinating. I like that analogy. Beautiful, man. It's the it's, universe. It is. And what's great is, you know, uh, as we keep evolving with the podcast, so do so does, you know, time is is moving what is time though right <laughs> but but time keeps moving and what i mean by that is that for us uh we're in our early 30s and so i think it's awesome that this subject um partic- particularly um you know saturn's return is something that's still sort of fresh in all our minds you know and not right. and not just like personally i just mean like there's a lot of stories i can i will listen to other people tell me their stories i should say about what they're either experiencing now or have experienced. And so I'm really excited to get into it, man. Like I said, I know everyone um, knows we, we covered the planets previous to this, but if you didn't know, you should go back to a couple, uh, a few episodes back, maybe learn a little bit about Saturn. Um, but I know we barely touched on it then. So this is great. So take it away, my friend. Um, let's, let's get into that. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And yeah, again, you you made a great point about how Saturn, this first Saturn returns is really, it does resonate with us because it is our social group and it is ourselves that just went through it. Um, but you know, the interesting thing about Saturn is he always kind of plays a role in your life because he's that great teacher. He's the, um, you know, he rules limitations and restrictions, um, but he also fosters growth through that. And so what we're really going to see is that Saturn's always kind of playing a role in um, your life, but there's some really big times. And it's when Saturn comes back to the same spot where you took your first breath Mm -hmm. that we really start seeing. It's more of like the test. 
like the teacher has made his way around the classroom. Now he's coming back. It's like, did you learn the lessons? Right. And you're very much tested on this. And if you do learn the lessons, it's a great time for expansion and growth. Um, but if you were avoiding the lessons or you didn't even know the lessons were even being presented, it's going to be a challenging time and it's going to be a confusing time. Um, especially that first Saturn returns. And we're going to kind of talk about what, what the second Saturn returns entails because it's just as fascinating um, and we have just as much information because it's just as important and just as misunderstood. And then if you're a lucky enough individual to have your third Saturn returns, that also brings around new lessons, new perspectives, and um, kind of the way you carry yourself. You know, So Saturn returns, again, it's going to be every like 29 and a half years, but all it's really talking about is Saturn is coming back to that same spot where you took your first breath and you're being tested on everything you manifested. And now your first Saturn returns is unique and it's it's a very heavy time because it's your first time really having this dance with Saturn that you remember because you don't right. remember your birth, right? Um, so it is, it's a very, um, it could be a very challenging time. It could be a very depressing time. Again, that 29 and a half years, you see a lot of people, if they're going to get addicted to something kind of can happen in this pain. If somebody's as a negative of like, um, a negative effect from the Saturn returns, right. cause they're not ready. You could see addiction. Um, depression is kind of prevalent. It's just a very, again, Saturn's the heaviest planet. It's, it's that lead. So it's all that heavy stuff in your life. And, and you're really getting tested at this point. That first Saturn is really testing you. Um, you know, how did you spend your first 28 years? How did you spend yeah. these formative years? How did, did you make the right decisions? Are you, are you constricting yourself to learn something? Are you becoming something? Are right. you being right? And we'll kind of talk about how that entails and kind of what that's all about. But I know you told me that, uh, you told me this and I was like, oh yeah, I, that makes perfect sense. But you're like, Hey man, just think of it. It's the closing of one cycle and the start of a new, where you prepared for the new cycle and are you ready to willing to let go of the old cycle right and like i remember when you put it like that we were just i was thinking i was like oh, okay because you know i was thinking of it so specifically but um right you know go on um yeah no absolutely and and stuff just gets stale for people at this time too like old things that you thought were fun and maybe like entertainment isn't as exciting like things yeah, change even that. your taste you know and yeah. like you know when you're um and people will know it if they were in the, like the american college scene like when you're getting past like 26, 27, 28, all of a sudden you hate red solo cups. Like you, you don't beer pong's not like the stuff that would made you so excited when you're 19, 20, it just doesn't feel the same way. It's right. because you're growing. Now you see individuals that fight that and we'll kind of talk about that and kind of what they become. But again, this is not something, one thing that Saturn's never going to let you do is he's never going to let you forget. So Saturn's going to put these restrictions on you and he's going to make you, which we'll talk about later, make a sacrifice in your life of something. Um, it just, it depends on if you have a free will decision on what that sacrifice is and, or do you want it to like come up and sneak up on you in your mid thirties right. or your mid forties? And then you, you have no ability to even make the changes. So if you're proactive on that and what we're going to kind of talk about, um, this could be a benefit for your character. Yeah. It could be a benefit for your growth. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and then that's something that's key that I know we always want to talk about is the application and how to evolve into a better version of ourselves. And so I think this is great because there will be times where you're wondering like, what is going on? Why does this not fit the same way it used to? And I think for those who are listening for their first experience within Saturn's return, you can take a lot away from this and kind of learn how to drop one thing and pick up the new thing. It doesn't mean the fun is over, right? So it just means it's evolved into it's something evolving. else. Yep. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know what the, you know what an interesting thing about that first Saturn returns to is it's really broken up 
into almost mini cycles in itself, where the the second and the third one, we're going to see um, still some cycles, but they're going to not be as um, almost exact. But you really can see, um, and this what this used to be called rites of passage. And there's a reason why rites of passage would happen around 17 years old, 14 years old, 21 years old, and then again, like 28 years old, um, which is kind of like your Saturn returns. Um, and we don't have rites of passage anymore. Right. And but there was a reason for that. Like the uh, the reason why we had rites of passage in our communities was to lighten the blow of your cosmic rite of passage, which was the coming of Saturn. So what the rites of passage really would know was they they knew that this process was coming, and they knew it was going to be an internal prop- process. So what would happen is the community would take proactive steps to get the individual and the best possible place to withstand the trials and the tribulations of this period of life. And that's what the rites of passage was. It was meant for you to be prepared because they're like, hey, the universe is going to do this to you anyways. So as a community, we're going to try to educate you on what you need to overcome. You need to, you know, you need to lose some, maybe these childhood um, low vibrational energies, right? You need to lose this um, selfishness, this jealous, all this like childhood right. understanding, right? You got to make a contribution to to the society you're you're from, right, you know, right, it, or the community, the the boyish side of yourself, exactly, and, exactly, and evolve into that. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and we don't do this because we don't have these rites of patches, passage. We don't do this anymore. We promote the twenties rather than a time of constricting yourself and really developing your character. It's just as like fast distraction. Right, it's just like the 1920s was in America. It was a distraction for many because people didn't want to think about the the, the horrors of World War One, and they were just trying to put it out of their mind. And again, what did that do? It like led to World War Two. Like they can't, you can't run away from this forever. And it was almost like a na- national Saturn returns that happened for them there. But that's exactly what it was. It's like we have our own personal war- roaring 20s, and it's all fun and games. Um, but nobody's looking ahead to the challenges and the responsibility of maturity. And that's what this whole thing is about is maturity. And we'll kind of talk about um, that aspect as we kind of go. But you brought up a good question. Um, and I know you've got some information about the man child for Carl Jung. And yeah. I think that's a perfect way. And this is this is really what happens when we don't do these rites of passage, right? And we just kind of don't go through this maturity process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, learning about, um, you know, whether whether you already know of it or have been through any kind of uh, rite of passage, you understand, you know, the separation of, of what's happening between in the, in, the, in the matter of a boy, the separation between a boy and its mother and how important it is. Like I just said, to contribute to the, to the tribe, but the tribe has to know that, you know, you're willing to let go, or as we've talked about before, severed the metaphorical uh, umbilical cord and oh, learn how yeah. to like really, go to to the next the next level you know the next octave as we talked about in this case you know you're challenged by bravery or you're challenged by some kind of like um very intense um sacrificial moment of your life which is like to sacrifice or let go of the comfort that you were once in and now to really understand the hardships of what life is going to be and so as daniel's is is talking about these um these rite of passages not being present, especially in the Western world. Um, one of the things that I found fascinating is learning about von Franz. And von Franz was a student of Carl Jung. And one of the things about um, Marie von Franz is that she really took a, a deep dive into the man-child. And so it was really fascinating to read about her 
you know, frightful predictions or she was very weary of, of wanting to sort of be correct in her analysis. But one thing that, um, that I found within a lot of research is, um, how she studied the trend in the early 20th Mm -hmm. century, which is what we're just talking about. And, um, more importantly, if you want to learn more about her, she has a lot to say about the Puritanus and the Puritanus, um, which is like in mythology, a child God who's um, forever young and in psychology. It's an older person whose emotional life has remained at an adolescent level. So, you know, we can know that as the Peter Pan syndrome, but um, we all know that remaining too long in like adolescent psychology, like the normal characteristics in youth continue later on um, in your life with a lot of shortcomings and unfortunately um, like a great dependence on, on the mother. Um, and, and so we know that the man child is not something that you want to strive to be, but, you know, we do see a lot of that in our culture where, you know, you're just living for the most, um, fulfilling moment of like probably the worst characteristics of a, a grown adult, not so much of a child. A child could be permissible within like whatever thing they want to do, which is like to play around, you know, and that could be a, a a variety of things, whatever to play around really means. But um, when it's seen as an adult, it's just not as funny. It's not as cute. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just like, oh, you're still doing this, huh? Like, and, and I know you and I have talked about this with that first Saturn's return. So, um, but yeah, there's there's a quote that I like by um, this French author, um, uh, Andre Guide. Um, he was a Nobel Peace Prize winner and uh, very influenced by Nietzsche. And he says, um, Man cannot discover new oceans unless he has the courage to lose sight of the shore. Mm. And uh, and that's important. I mean, I can say that for myself as as a man. And I know Daniel's no man child. So we know <laughs> we know well, like, uh, how to face the, the challenges and how you were always meant to face the challenges. But one of the things I just brought up, so I don't keep going on a rant about uh, Von Franz, like I said, you can find uh, some of her her work, um, learn more about what she has to say about the eternal boy or the pure turnus, is again, the Peter Pan syndrome. And I want to know, yeah. let's talk about that Peter Pan syndrome. Well, you know, that's perfect, man. And I love how you brought up the idea of the man-child, because that's what we're going to be getting into today. We're really going to be... There's so many good resources about, like, what Saturn Returns looks like um, and what kind of experiences. And we can kind of break that down further, too. But we always like giving great analogies of this story, you know, and kind of the interpersonal stuff we're going through. But bringing up the idea of the man-child and that, you know, that's that connection, especially for the idea... This process for maturing is tough for us as humans because we are so dependent on our parents for such a long time, like physically dependent on our mother for nine months for nutrition right Right. inside the womb. Um, And that's going to be, you know, that physical separation, Mm -hmm. the mental and emotional and even spiritual separation doesn't really happen until maturity. And that's actually when you kind of cut that cord and you still, you know, honor your parents and love your parents and have that connection, but you lose that dependency on them. And that's you making your own way. Right. And we talk about the man child, never really cutting that emotional umbilical cord from the mother, which is such a powerful thing. And again, that's why these rites of passages were, they would put you through these challenges to get you to stand on your own. Cause it's so important to stand on your own. And that's what brings us to the story about the boy who doesn't want to grow up. That boy. That boy. And that's what we're going to look at. And, you know, this just to kind of give a precursor of what we're going to look at today is we're going to look at this first Saturn Returns, and we're going to kind of really look through the story of Peter Pan. Right. And then 
The beautiful aspect of it is because we get the telling of the second story. We're going to talk about the second story, um, the second Saturn Returns. We're going to kind of just quickly chat about the movie Hook, which is like the continuation. It's almost like that part two of that story. And then um, we're also going to round it off and talk about the third Saturn Returns. But really, we're going to kind of focus in on that first initial um, Peter Pan story. Um, And this is very much, and you know, this is what's unique too, because as occult students, as students of the esoteric, and as you guys are learning these archetypes and you're you're learning this language of the esoteric, you can start looking at other psychiatrists, um, philosophers, um, other people, and they might not be speaking about in like this esoteric language, but they're talking about these processes. Right. Okay, so like Carl Jung, you know, he was more into astrology than most. Um, and he does talk about his Saturn returns and Saturn returns, but it's not a huge part of his role. But right. we're going to really see a lot of these other individuals like Jordan Peterson, who really broke down the story of Peter Pan. He doesn't mention Saturn returns once. But as you understanding that information, you know what he's actually talking about. And you can actually kind of pull away from a deeper understanding because you learn these principles. That's a great point, man. I really have to say, because it is true when you listen to some of them, they will say it. Uh, for at first hand, they'll say like an example, and you're like, "Oh, I remember learning about that with regards to say Chronos in mm-hmm. the regards to the Greek mythology right. and Saturn." But he yeah. just like skipped over exactly. that, and you're like, hmm. "Well, you know, he's again, he's he's mainstream, so right. people will throw rocks at him because we know astro- astrology for some reason has this gag rule right now." Um, but that's gonna <laughs> we're gonna take that away, which is very important. Um, but so yeah, we're going to see that. We're going to see a lot of stuff, a lot of information you're going to come across. You don't have to to learn about the esoteric, to learn about the occult. You don't just have to research esoteric and occult. Think about like all the movies we break down and how you can see this in music videos and stuff like that. So just remember, this is the universal subject. So we're going to see it universally. Right. Um, so yeah, so Jordan Peterson does this great job of breaking down the story of Peter Pan as this, this pretty much this Carl Jung man child, right? Um, so I had a question. And I was like, I'm going to wait for Daniel to ask his question, but pan, can we describe the word pan? Yes. And that's perfect, man. And that's, that's perfect because pan is just the God of earth, the God of everything, right? So pandemic, like when we even speak about like something like this pandemic, it's a global, it's the entire thing, right? It's completely taken over panorama. It's the complete picture. So pan is really about the God of like everything and manifestation. Um, So and pretty much like kind of what we see manifest. So that's not a coincidence that his name is Peter Pan, right? right? So, and then Peter is going to represent, and this is a really important thing for us to understand, Peter is going to represent the the unlimited potential and of childhood, mm-hmm. um, that a child could be anything, right? right. And they, they really talk about this in his breakdown. He really talks about, you know, a child is this unique energy because it can be anything, but it's not anything. It's just this limitless potential. Um, and that's what Peter Pan represents. He's going to represent the child who can do anything. So he's the boy that can do anything. And that's exactly what he's going to represent. So he is this child. And so Peter Pan is really going to be um, kind of going through this experience. And what Peter Pan wants to do is Peter Pan knows that he has to grow up and he has sometimes he cannot no longer live in never ever land. Right. right? Because right now he's, he's what he's King of the lost boys. Right. What is this going to represent? This is going to represent our population that we know it is now. It's right. this like these 20 to 25 year old individuals, right? Who 
don't have any direction. They don't know what they're doing. They might have a job, but again, there's no spiritual enrichment in their jobs. They might have money, but there's no of that finer substances that the human being needs, not just the human, the biological thing, but the philosophical side that's being, that human being part, that's what needs nourishment. And that's what they're not getting, right? Um, So they're the lost boys. And, you know, even just think about what kind of, what do the lost boys dress up as? animals. Yeah. Just like in our Halloween episode, right? So they're still wearing those animal faces. They're perceiving through these animal faces. So Peter Pan is this magical boy who doesn't want to grow up, right? And he's living in Never Everland. And the question goes then is like, well, why doesn't he want to grow up, right? And this is the same kind of story. This resonates with us perfectly because Peter Pan doesn't see a a positive adult role model to grow up to, right? right? He sees Captain Hook, right? Um, Captain Hook is, he describes him as being a tyrant, right? Right. And you know, one reason why he's a tyrant, and it's very interesting throughout this story, is because Hook is going through his Saturn returns and he doesn't want to go through. Yeah. Right? So he's kind of going through his second Saturn returns. It's kind of what he's actually going through. And what he is afraid of is he doesn't want to come to the idea that life in the physical body is finite. So now, this was a process we all had to go through. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't remember the exact story, but I know I questioned my mom a lot when I was found out that I was going to die. I remember just being a little kid and being like, when I heard that everything dies. And I mean, I was just perplexed. I was just like, what? Like yeah. everything dies. And it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's terrifying. Like, it's, there's, there's, it's something we have to overcome our entire lives about, you know? Yeah. But that's why we learned spirituality and that's why we learned about the deeper essence. And then we realized that energy never disappears and your soul lives on, right? You just might not be in the, you're not going to be in this physical body for Right, right. And then right? at some point you learn how to like come to amends with abandoning this vehicle. Exactly. You're like, I don't need this. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So, but yeah, and that's exactly what we're going to see with Hook. So Hook is in the process because he hasn't lived a good life. Um, he's been a tyrant. He's been like, his men don't even like him. Right. Like if you look on the pirate boat, they all hate him. Um, he's got nobody to love. He's got no aspirations other than material things. He's bitter. Right. Um, and because he doesn't see the finer aspects of life, he's holding on to his physical body with a hook. Mm-hmm. He's holding it on like as much as he can. Right. Um, because what is the hook chase from? Like what chases the hook around? Right. You know? The time, that Kronos, that, that, or that, that dragon, right? That's the dragon. what Peterson talks about, but yep. the crocodile for exactly. sure. It, and that's exactly what it is. Um, and, there's not a re- there's a reason why it has he swallows a clock when he bits off his hand. So every time you know Hook time hears ticks, it, it's just like tick yeah. tock tick tock. It's counting down. So what that really is going to represent is time does have a piece of you and it has a taste of you. And that's what happens with your first Saturn returns too. Is you realize that you're finite. Like you need to define yourself because. This existence is not forever. And this childhood existence of this magic that's in it, although is amazing and it forms who you are, it can't last forever. And you're going to have to now earn that for yourself so you can carry it on again in life and pass it on to future generations. And we'll kind of talk about that. Hook doesn't want to do any of that, right? But time, it does. It has a taste of us, right? We, The moment we take our first breath, we start dying. you know. And so this is really kind of coming to the idea of meeting the, the death and you know, coming to terms with that. And again, this is why the spiritual esoteric knowledge is so important to educate us how to die. Like when you ask Freemasons, real Freemasons, like, why do you study Freemasonry? It's 
so I know how to die. Like I know why I do the life I live and right. I'm a good person. So I don't have to fear death, you know, because the only person who fears death is somebody who's taken that, you know, unfortunately from somebody else. Um, so really what we're going to see is Peter Pan is this man child who doesn't want to grow up. Right. And now he's got some, um, interesting aspects in his life because we do have this female love interest who's Wendy, right? And Wendy, um, and I just watched this movie recently again. Um, Which one, Hook or Peter Pan? Peter Pan. Okay. Um, so it was, so that was really interesting rewatching that movie. Um, and Wendy, right off the bat, has a motherly understanding of taking care and the idea that you do have to have this maturity in life because how Peter Pan gets her to go to Never Everland is he's like, you could be the mother of all the lost boys. And that's when she goes. She's like, oh, like, yeah, that's let me, t- I can take care of these boys who don't have parents. So she's already, she's already accepted. She's already kind of on that process of, right. I'm going to need to confine myself. And again, motherhood's a beautiful thing. And that's what she was going to confine herself to do. Um, where Peter Pan was just like trying to get her to come with her. And then he gets upset because she's like, okay, well, let me get my brothers. And he's like, oh man, no, you know, because he does, this is like his love interest, right? Um, And he's always going to be battling Hook because he doesn't, Hook is just like this authority figure that doesn't make any sense. It's like that, we had this really mean lady that would come into the lunchroom when I was in elementary school and she would just be like, and she would just get really loud and your heart would just like jump even when you saw her come in you're like oh she's gonna do it and then she'd do it and like every time afterwards you're just like i'm not hungry like i my mom packed me this awesome lunch i've got this killer lunchbox and i'm not not even hungry i'm not even eating my cheese stick because you did that like my heart is racing right and so that whole aspect of like this fear and everything that's kind of going through and hook and peter pan are just like always in this well, they're, they're, they're the two, sorry to interrupt, but there's the, the two journeys of Saturn's return, uh, living in their absence of, of confronting what they're supposed to do next, which is why they battle each other. They're Conflict. just like, I need you and you need me. And then they kind of go back and forth like that. And so, and that's what, I don't want to like give away too much, but that's why I enjoyed watching Hook is like, he's been waiting for him, you know, uh-huh. in that one, he's just like. Because they're so polarized, that pendulum is just swinging, that energy is just going crazy, generating all that stuff, polarization, right? Right. Because both of them are polarized. I don't want to grow up, and the other one's like, I don't want to die. Yeah, Um, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, But yeah, you just, yeah, anyways. So yeah, so okay, so as we're kind of making our way through the story, we know that Hook um, is afraid to die, afraid of father time. Peter Pan doesn't want to grow up. Um, And so this really kind of comes to the stage of, well, why would you grow up? Right? Mm-hmm. Why do we need Peter Pan to grow up? And that's kind of what Saturn plays a role in. And that's why what gets left off in this discussion, because Saturn is the one that comes by to be like, no, you have to sacrifice this limitless potential, this pan aspect of yourself. Because again, you are you have potential for anything, but you're not anything, right? So you need to confine yourself, constrict yourself and mature to manifest something from this infinite potential right right? it's the um it's like the yin energy never becoming the yang it's just that darkness right so again you're just going to be building up information and that's going to be that's just not going to be good so we have this whole aspect of peter pan is he's got to come to terms with this idea of constricting himself of figuring out what it is he's going to do with his other life so build a foundation for himself right and this is why again we you know, we used to have amazing things like guilds and there would be apprentices and you would grow up through that and you would go through these rites of passages with these individuals. And, you know, we could do a whole 
podcast on guilds because guilds were amazing. We because, should. Because guilds were amazing because they would maintain the prices of things. And then if you were doing a bad quality, the guild would vote you out. Like it was just like the better way of doing it rather than just the system we find ourselves. But again, I, I digress. But, um, but again, you would, it, there's this, there's this time to kind of have this constricting, conforming time where you have to build your foundation. And what the idea is, is you sacrifice that childhood potential for the actuality of some kind of frame that you can build to support your character through this second Saturn returns. Right. Okay. And this is the time that we go out and we really manifest everything we did to get ready for this. This is where all that character development, all the formatting years, our education, all those rites of passes are about to, those waves are about to collapse. And you want to make sure you have a foundation that you can kind of build from. And that's what that second Saturn's return is, accepting that we are finite and going through this constricting period um, because this constricting period is going to happen whether you want it or not. You just have a free will decision at this point to decide on how you're going to corrupt those 29 years of waves, if right. that makes sense. No, and that's the sacrifice. I mean, like one thing that I, I like to think about, which is, you know, as far as the journey we make here is simply you're, you're given this gift and, and for a lack of like other, you know, beautiful ways of putting this, but you're given this gift by God, you're given this gift by the all, you're given this gift by the universe, which is basically back to that pan ability. And then you find a way to come back down, pick the sacrifice as Jordan Peterson says, and apply it and mm -hmm. make that. And that's what you get to do. You really do get to take that um, whimsical you know, potential and make it something great. And I think that, um, oh my gosh, I just, I know it, it's, it's happened to me as I'm going through it right now, but I just, I love meeting people who have the same story. And that story is that, you know, I was in it for these reasons, but I still chose this path because it's what resonated with me. But by choosing that path, I never realized like that would be the path to basically start my foundation, to start mm -hmm. the next chapter in my life. And, uh, and, and so anyways, but I've been, I've been meeting people. I do a lot on the side. So I do a lot, uh, side note with interviewing individuals for videography and for the filmmaking that I do. I like to, and that's the main thing that drives me just, um, to film stories is just people telling me like, Oh, I started it this way, but then it ended up here. And it's every time it's something to do with them sacrificing that more broad sense of potential mm -hmm. and making it just more concise and then more directional and actually going with purpose right onto the next phase. That yes. Is, so, yes. Yeah, no, it's so, um, I heard this beautiful quote and it's, we all must suffer one or two pains, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Mm. And that clowns up that discovery that, really binds together Saturn returns. Yeah. Really well. There's going to be a painful thing that goes through it. It's either the pain of discipline or it's the pain of regret. And that pain of regret, the pain of discipline is going to be short-lived because once you start seeing the benefits of being disciplined, exactly. the, the, the effect outweighs the cut. You know, it's just, it exemplarily gets your life better, right? Can on you, a on real scale. Um, and then the, um, the pain of regret is forever. I just wanted you to, I know uh, doing this while we're recording, but can you just like, can you read that quote one more time? Because that yeah. was like so, yeah. Yeah. So this really resonates. We all must suffer one of two pains, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. And I believe it's Jim, like Ron is how you say the name. But yeah, the, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. And right. the pain of regret is forever because you always can, especially if you're going to be an immature man child, you're going to always kind of be regretting that and be bitter. And you see these people at yes. dive bars, like 
no offense, but like you walk in and it, it's just like guy in his forties and he gets mad at you for like changing the jukebox. And you're like, dude, you're, you're here alone, man. Like you could come and like hang out with my friends, but like, don't get mad at me because I took off Aerosmith from the jukebox and put on Steppenwolf. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but you know, so again, this yes, idea right, of Saturn right. returns is you can be anything, but you can't be everything. So you can be anything, but you can't be everything. Right. Okay. And now we can do different jobs. And this isn't saying like, oh, you have to find this one career and that's what you're going to do. But this is really about like finding the career you're passionate about. This could be about raising children. Yeah. It, it could be about so many different. It's just that it's just the maturity of the individual from that childhood process to the adulthood, right? right? Cutting that umbilical cord finally and making that process and that rite of passage through. And that's what we're going to see with Peter Pan. And like, that's what that whole story is about. Peter Pan has to accept this idea of, you know, restricting himself to be able to become something rather than because he can't be everything and does he want to have that pain of discipline or that pain of regret um and then also you know we didn't there's one character we forgot to talk about and that's lovely tinkerbell oh right tinkerbell and tinkerbell is really just going to be about like really in our age you know um again i think back when that story was written it was probably more about like um infidelity and stuff like that. But where we see the allegory of Tinkerbell today is just going to be any kind of sensation that you don't have to earn. Right. Okay. So this is like video games, the addiction to video games. This is the addiction to pornography. This is the inner, um, even not having happy experiences in your life. So you just watch Netflix, feel good TV show or something like that because like, Oh, I don't have these friends, but I have these friends on this TV screen, not actually going through the experience, but still like being like, Oh, there's my friends. And then it's like, hasn't been that day of the month. And you're like, no, turn that off. Go get some real <laughs> friends. You know what I mean? Um, so again, this is the child has to go through this confining, constricting process and Tinkerbell represents just, you know, just kind of being okay with the distraction because Tinkerbell is not really real. Right. And she's what's kind of keeping Peter Pan from actually fully committing to Wendy. And she's like jealous of Wendy. Um, like in the movie, it's so funny because that cartoons from the 50s, but like Tinkerbell literally tries to kill Wendy in the beginning. Yeah, I remember. It's like yeah. they like they, she gets the wild, the lost boys, like shoot her down before they're introduced to her. Yeah. And like Peter Pan's like, were you going to try to kill her? And she's not like denying it or nothing. She's yeah. just like turning her back and shaking her head. Um, so again, it's just this like, this very illusional um, aspect. And like we see it today, it's going to be in like internet relationships with people with not like a romantic relationship, but one that's just based on sensation. Um, and what that does to, again, assisting with this man-child approach. And we, we really have a world that's not set up so much for men, but more for man-child to stay as a man-child forever, because we can even see it probably in the divorce rates because women aren't really marrying the mans that they think they were. They're just like marrying this man-child that kind of gets passed over. And you're like, oh, you've never really separated from the dependency of your mother. And you're just passing that dependency on to me. And what's um, beautiful, I just want to cut in, what's beautiful about that, that you just said is very important is any female I've ever had a conversation about this particular subject will tell you one or two things. Either we will get through this, meaning they as a relationship will get through this, meaning he has not evolved yet into the man he's supposed to be. And I will facilitate that and help him sort of sever that cord. Uh, or there's the opposite where there's very, um, a very acute sense of, oh, this is something you missed out on when you were younger. I'm not here mm -hmm. to be the one to help you with this. And mm -hmm. I've met a lot of friends who are females. who That's what they've gone through. And they're like facing that right now where they're saying, 
it's not my duty to like get you through that. You should have done this, the work yourself. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think you're absolutely right. Divorce rates or relationships not being very, um, solid in the foundation that they start off from are based on probably like a step that was missed along the way, you know? Right. These rites of passages just, yeah. that were messed out. And again, I'm not, we're, we're not just focusing on boys here too, because like that male aspect and that standing on your own is, yeah. we know that this is a, um, it's an archetypal energy, male and female. We both have male and female inside us. And it's just as right. important. Females have that ability to stand on their own, be self-sufficient, be sovereign and get disconnect, you know? So it goes on both plays, but we're just, we're, when we talk about man child, we're talking about that esoteric archetypal essence that's in all of us. Yeah. You know, that dependency issue that's kind of in all of us. So, um, so again, that's what that whole thing is about. It's really about, you know, Peter Pan having to make that sacrifice, that sacrificing that childhood potentiality so he can actually make the frame. And really what we're going to see with this is what this happens is you go through this constricting process of the Saturn returns where you, you know, you, it's a breaking down of old patterns, systems that don't work are being replaced with systems that do. It's this constricting period of you really finding out who you are, really disconnecting from any kind of, um, you know, abandoned issue, really trying to heal those abandoned issues, going in within yourself, um, you know, fixing any of those dependency issues that come out the other end. But when you do come out the other end, potentiality expands for you again, and the whole world opens up. And that's when you you learn a trade and you, you learn a trade or a skill, or you're able to even monetarily support yourself where you're not in the dependency of somebody else, that potential opens back up for you. And now you have all this other stuff that's going to be available for you because you went through this constricting period. So this period from your first Saturn returns to your second Saturn returns is all about progress. And it's all about making um, you know, making yourself better. You know, this could be when you're raising a family. This could be when you're manifesting something. But this is what this is the time to collapse the big waves for right. you. You know, what I mean, this is when you get this is when you get stuff done. This is when people are, you know, leaders of certain kind of industries or you know, going on book tours, writing their best books and stuff like this. This is that period of like ultimate manifestation for you. And one of that is because that you've taken that childhood potential and you've constricted it down. So now you have this ability to manifest in this thing that you're interested in and it's coming through because that energy never loses. You just kind of constrict it. So you can actually almost like, it's almost like when you take a hose and it's just like spraying out all in different directions. And then you just like take your thumb and now it's just shooting really fast in one right. direction. And that's kind of what you want to get to from the end of your first Saturn returns into the process of getting ready for your second Saturn returns. Which is super important because right before your second is coming, and like you just mentioned, raising a family, I mean, within the the goal of, you know, making your way through this physical life, you definitely want to be able to have the time to not only do that for yourself, but do it for your children. Because if you don't do it for your children, then there's the absent father. And then there's a lot of attributes about a father who doesn't know how to uh, raise a family because he did make the choice or by default, the choice came of having a family, but no ability as to not only how to handle himself, but now how to handle the next generation, which is probably like where we can maybe jump into like yeah, hook. Cause I, yeah. I, I, I mean, or not even hook. I just want to like, no. So we, we get through the first 
and then we move on to... Well, yeah, and I, I just want to touch on that because that's how the man-child cycle continues. Oh, that's You don't see your dumb. part in the... Si- like, that's, again, too, like, when people always talk about, like, oh, how does the system work? You're like, oh, it feeds itself. Right. Like, this is... Everything's cause and effect. Like, this was... What happened was when we, we stopped having individuals go through these rites of passage and learn what life was about, how are they going to educate the young? And then the, ed- the young aren't going through these rites of passage. They're being educated by their television. They're educated by the 12-step program of education. They're, it's Again, it's almost like they shouldn't even be aware of some of this stuff. So again, we have these man-child having kids, man-parent, man like these child parents having children. And then they just go through that cycle and they have it there. It's just like this endless cycle. Um, and nobody's there to kind of tell. And it's just like, oh, well, this is just how we do it. You know, like both of us work, you go to daycare and there's just that disconnection that happens. Um, and again, I know like the economic terms we find ourselves in, it's hard for both parents not to work, but this is again, why you really want to take care of that constructing period to grade that foundation. So you have time to actually spend time with that child. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. I want to say that 100% that when people ask me, what is your goal overall with whatever it is that I'm doing, whether it's in my career or my own business. And I've always said this, it's just, just have a ample amount or the right, um, the necessary time with those children. Right. And that's all I want. So yeah. people, it's funny because this question is coming up to me. They're like, oh, is it a house that you want to buy? I was like, no, I just want to be there for my kid for mm-hmm. the next like, well, forever, obviously, but not in a time where I'm like, hey, this is where I need to pick myself up for this career. I don't have time to raise the human that I brought in. Like, I have to say that is so incorrect for me. I don't, I'm not telling anyone else how to raise their children. And I don't have a child yet, so I can't say for myself. But one thing I know for a fact is that my goal here is to have time to do that and to mm-hmm. show them, um, to lead them, you know? Um, and that's that's what I take. That's why I'm grateful for what we can do. And like what you and I have done in our life is, is such a remarkable thing because now I feel like I can carry on like, teaching the next next generation without feeling and back to the point of the man child is um robbed of something and that's such a poisonous thing that most men justify or both parents can justify their actions by is they're like we didn't get enough time to have fun so we're doing it now while this imperative time to raise children is happening and uh and yeah like you said it feeds itself so the cycles continue so mm-hmm. i will not be part of that cycle right absolutely um, and that's and you know if we ever want to talk about how you change world is you take yourself out of cycles that you don't agree with and then the world changes and it's a you know it's again it's a mic it's a micro aspect it's not this macro aspect it's these small changes we make right. by like where do i get my food from um where do i do this from like and we make those small changes exactly and then yeah. those cycles we start to see what we manifest you know and it's cycles are a huge matter of manifestation think of how much energy is behind a cycle it's it's huge it's a force it's a really yeah. powerful wave so the less people in it the less effect it has on the collapse right right well um, so um but yeah man that that second saturn returns um is what we're going to kind of come to now because really what happens is you sacrifice that childhood essence, right? That full potentiality for this framework of a life that you kind of carry into. And then what your second Saturn returns is about is about reconnecting to that childhood potential that you left behind in that constricting period. Okay. And this is really the opening of the heart. This is coming back with creativity, starting to see the magic in the world. Because again, in your 30s, in your 40s, in your early fifties, you're really busy. Like you're raising a kid, like you don't have the potential just to like sit down and play anymore. 
right? Like you can't even do it. Like if, if somebody had gave me toys today, yeah. like I would be like, okay, I'm playing, but it's nothing like I did it when I was a kid. Right. Like I could use a pencil, like I could use the back of an eraser, like, and it was like a, sp- a spaceship and I could just zone off in the class for four hours. Like the teacher would be like, say one word that I said today. And I'd be like, I'm going to tell you right here, teacher, I'm not going to be able to do that right. because I was just so enamored with my imagination in this world that I kind of created. Um, so the second Saturn returns is that process. It's that process of going back and uncovering that child that you left behind. And the child is always there. Um, and it's always kind of going with you. And we'll kind of end this because um, we we did a, actually a breakdown on the Patreon account about the Christopher Robin movie, which is Winnie the Pooh. And that was a really good aspect because it was really about the the idea that that childhood creativity never really leaves. It's just kind of dormant. And you almost have to wake it back up and you wake it up back up through love and compassion. Um, but just how important that is. Mm-hmm. And this is what the journey of Hook is all about. It's all about that second returns, right? Because what happens in Hook? Peter Pan has gone through amnesia. He's forgot who he was, right? He forgot all about the magical land. He's forgot about his whole experience. He's married to Wendy and they have children. And right? He's involved in his career and he's an absent father, sort of. Absent father, totally living in the cube, right? Totally abiding by the five cents reality that this is the reality worried about money, 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 stressed out, yelling at the kids. Um, And then what happens? His children disappear, right? Now, what does that signify? It really signifies that creativity, that innovation is not there. And it's like the universe letting you know, like, you don't have that childhood aspect anymore. You're going to have to go on this journey to find it. Remember, he's, again, when you talk about refusal of the call, at first, he's like, who do you think I am? And they're like, you're Peter Pan. And he's just like, he can't even recognize him. They recognize him, but he can't recognize him. He's like, what are you people talking about, right? Um, But that's what this whole story is about. It's about you coming back to that child that you left behind, um, cradling it, loving it again, giving it life, and then bringing that forward into the future. Right, and this is what the midlife crisis is all about. It's about you reconnecting with creativity. It's about you probably picking up the guitar or the piano rather than going out and buying a sports car and getting tattoos and going through a divorce. Like it's not that aspect. Like again, if you want to get like more art on your body because that's what you want to connect with, like that's totally fine. Right. But like you know, like getting like bad boy written on your that would be the worst tattoo ever. Uh, somewhere on your body would just be exactly. And, and we know these people, right? You know what I mean? Like they. They're just like, we've seen these people before. And it's again, it's just like the the man child that didn't ever mature. And now they're really getting afraid that life is finite. And they're starting to see that, you know, there's, they don't, they they don't move as well as they used to. They're getting wrinkles in spots they used to, probably getting hair in spots that they used to not get. So they're really starting to see the decline of their body and they're starting to like really hold on to it. And again, that's not really what this period's about. This is about you connecting back with that love aspect, that creativity, all that pure potentiality that you left behind. And now if you can properly do this, you become a hero because you not only have the framework of structure to help raise the next generation, you can also provide them with this deep love. And again, we talked about this before. This is why like the grandparents have a little bit different of a connection to the kids than the parents do. Right. Because the parents are usually probably after that first set of returns, it's all about go, go, go. I got to get my kid here, here, here. Um, No, you got to eat this. You can't eat that. And grandma comes in and she's just like, 
I got you this cookie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just like, thanks, Grandma. Because they've gone back and they've reconnected that and they've done that correctly. And that's what that movie hooks about. It's about Peter Pan reconnecting with that childhood that he had the sacrifice in that first film, but he had to do that to get the framework he was. And then it took his children, which we'll always see in a movie about the second Saturn Returns, always the child is going to get lost somehow and we're going to have to find the physical child, but we really know it's a metaphorical for the, you know, the allegorical the archetypal child, yeah. child that's in with all of us, right. um, but reconnecting with that child, loving that child, and not being ashamed of that child too, like not being a burden. Like what we saw through that movie, what we saw through the Peter Pan movie, and you see it through this Christopher Robinson movie, at first when they reconnect with it, they're annoyed with the child that's getting in the way of their work, right? Um, and like we have to embrace that childhood aspect of ourselves, especially at this age. Like there's not a, a lot of room for it after our first center returns, but when we get to your second center returns, you really are creating some space to bring that back in and really to bring magic back into life and share magic to the younger generation. And this is so important. Parents are so important, and so are grandparents. And it's like this 50 and 60 years old cycle where you really feel this love and this just this compassion. And we've met amazing old people who were just like, come up to you and just start talking. It's because they went through the, the the both periods. They went through both rites of passages and they were successful on it. So like when they give you like a handshake, you're just like, oh my gosh, like that was the coolest person I've ever met. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and that's what that process is all about. And so that's kind of what the story of Hook is really alluding to is coming back in and saving that childhood essence of ourselves. Yeah. Right? That's it's such an important movie. Never... You know, when we watched it, I'm sure as we were kids, I think the movie came out in like 91. We never would have expected that that was the process, but you still felt it. You felt it yep. the whole way through. There's super scenes that are just like, or scenes that are so um, obvious and like a lot of the way that they um, had produced a film. And, and, and one of the examples that I really like is at no point in time does the little girl that is in this case, Peter Pan's daughter is interested in, in being part of this lost boys slash pirates world. She's just like, I just want to go home. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Oh, come on. We'll give you anything you want. You can do be anything you want. And actually it's kind of interesting not to go too deep, but, um, Hook as a character really separates uh, the younger boy from the idea of his father. He really connivingly is just like, oh, that guy is just an old guy. Like, mm -hmm. you don't need to be around him and he's no fun. I'll be the fun one. And that's once again that cycle that was missed by that male role model. And you'll see this in other whatever storytelling that, you know, there's always going to be that male who didn't grow up or do the process right and tries to um, only lure younger people to be like, come, come to my level because we're the same. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh no, you don't want to be the same as that guy. Like, it's kind of creepy that he wants to be your buddy. You know, like that guy missed the train a long time ago, but they put a lot of those scenes in the movie that I think that are, are very, very, very powerful. Um, and, and emotionally like, you know, make you feel um, that, the character in this case in hook uh, and Peter Pan um, has to go through his journey. You're like, why is he being this way? Why is he being so practical? Why is he not like, you know, using his imagination and, and obviously I don't, we've all seen the movie. I don't have to go through it, but I just love that they put it so blatantly out there. I mean, they just really kind of project mm -hmm. the movie uh, in a very um, such a good way where like in the end, that's all you hope for as a child is that your parents will return back as Peter Pan, you mm -hmm. know, but, but in a different way, in a way where they're, they're both still your parent. You don't want them to just be flying around, you know, and that does happen in the movie as well, where they're like, Hey, can we go home now? Like, it's awesome. You figured it out. Can we go back? And he's like, Oh, right. 
Right. Yeah, we we should probably get right. back, you know. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, no, I love that man, and I the um, Steven Spielberg did a really good job in that one too, because he with the imagination and the pure potentiality of the children, because whenever they, whatever they wanted to imagine, they eat, they would eat, and the food would disappear. Mm-hmm. So we had that whole aspects of imagination. Um, I loved how you brought up the aspect about Hook trying to separate him from his father. So again, we have this figure of this tyrant authority figure hijacking the raising of the children right um and again you almost have this like stockholm syndrome where the child is actually starting to favor the side of his captor yeah which is something we see in our society like stockholm syndrome is kind of happening all around us but women the the women in that movie especially the girls play such a huge role because you're right she, his daughter, Peter Pan's daughter is the one that doesn't want to join the pirates, doesn't want to join the Lost Boys. It's just like, no, I just want to get out of here. Um, and she makes all the men come to their knees and to their senses that they're all missing the female essence and yeah. the maturity level that they probably never reached within being stuck in that world. Exactly. She sings a song, I remember this in the scene, and they all, including you as a child, are just like, you feel that Steven Spielberg puts that moment very mm-hmm. good where it's like, they all went from being these like swashbuckling, like Savages. whatever, you yep. know, and then now they're just like, oh, the power of the female, song. yeah, the power of the female, and and then in the mo- in the the old cartoon, Wendy is told to join the pirates when um the Lost Boys um get cop captured by Hook, and Wendy's told to join the pirates, and she's like, oh I no, like that. I I'll just accept death. Like, she's just like, oh, no, I'll die before I join the pirates. And she actually walks the blank, and Peter yeah. Pan saves her, right? Because they're like, I didn't hear the splash. And they're all, like, looking, like, waiting for the splash. Um, they were trying to – it's the splash of the sacrifice of the sacred feminine, and it doesn't happen, right? Peter Pan, the, with pure potentiality, the childhood essence, saves us from the sacrifice of the female. And they don't hear the splash because the sacrifice into the water, right? Um, and – so it just shows that whole aspect of just how powerful those female characters yeah. were in that film of keeping everything again, you know, the female, that energy of the female, even the energy that's internally inside all of us is to always raise up that male aspect to the finer substances of the universe, right? To really perceive the finer essences. And this is what we have with the Peter Pan story and that's right. that second Saturn returns. And again, um, on our Patreon account, we did a breakdown of the Christopher Robin movie, um, Winnie the Pooh. Um, and this is a great res- representation of this, too, because it's Christopher Robin having to reconnect and actually relearn these characters in the process that he goes through. And again, it's just about creativity. And that movie is just so beautiful, too. If you get the chance to see it, I've it's just seen like it. a no, that's Oh, great. It's such beautiful. a beautiful movie. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. And just they did such a good job. Um, and we do, we have a presentation on the patron, which we will totally release to, um, we'll just release stuff early on the patron and then we'll release it. We're going to try to make like a library.com TV or something kind of, we'll have some place where we put the videos, but, um, be on the lookout for that, but not to end this early. We do have to talk about the third Saturn return. Yeah, no, no, I, right. please. I, this is something that I really want to, you were talking about grandparents and I didn't want, I was biting my tongue because this is where, you know, if you have the great fortune to make it to this phase you know this is just as important but there's a lot of things that need to be addressed um or at least like understood when you get there and right. those things are yeah absolutely and so this first saturn returns is all about that whole teaches us almost how to manifest and how to be a creative force of good in um the shared reality we find ourselves in right that second phase of saturn returns after between your first and your second those like 30 to your like 58 59 is all about manifesting 
like making these waves collapse, right? The third Saturn returns, you're at this interesting aspect because you're not in this position that you need to achieve something later. So every decision a younger individual makes, it's a, it's a commitment to a life course, right? I'm making these changes. I'm moving my family here. I'm going to school at this place. But it's everything's a commitment to the life course. And everything is, is big. It's got this heavy weight, like when we think about these big life decisions right. that we make. Um, and if you make a bad decision, you can fall off course, right? If it's either distraction or whatever it is, or you just make the wrong decision, you can kind of go off your course of your progress. So decisions are vital at that point of, you know, towards your end of your Saturn return, your first, and then that whole process between your first and your second. So when we make it to that third Saturn returns, which is like in your seventies and your eighties, this is really, um, and I'm saying this in a lovely aspect, there is no future for you. There's no worry about what you're creating. You are literally here and now. This is the this is really when we talk about this like Buddhist philosophy of being in the moment, you really get this completion of being able to be in every moment because you are just experiencing. You are the gift is the life, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's a lesson that it, it takes us this whole life to be able to actually do because we do have to go through these processes. But if you go through these processes correctly, the present becomes so rich and you can really take it all in. And it's just the presence of again human being it's that being aspect of this human existence you know um it's not this manifestation it's not this creation you the that thing is that it's just the self being you're ready just to kind of be just to be kind of be one and this is a lifelong challenge um and so nothing is leading to anything and that's that's a beautiful aspect to be able to do. And this is not a time to be bitter. This is not a time to be like, oh, jealous of the young and be like, oh, if I was your age, I'd be doing this or what I would give to be this age again. That's not what this time is for. This time is just to reflect and just to be and watch what you've manifested. Um, and again, providing solid wisdom because you're in the moment, you can probably give such good wisdom, not so much concern. Like Joseph Campbell brings it up so good. And I know I mentioned this earlier with you, Eddie, but when you get to that third Saturn returns, it's not a stage to be upset if you didn't have a good golf score, right? Right. Life isn't about that anymore. You're in this, you're not in a phase of manifestation and you're not in this completion either. You're not in stagnation. You're just being, you're just being present. Um, and I really feel like the individuals that really make it to that fourth Saturn returns, those, those unique individuals, I think really what that means, like long longevity, is the proper handling of rites of passages. And I think if you can really just be, um, because you're not supposed to have stress at this time, is like spurs about like money and stress like this. If you've created this foundation where you can just be, I think that's like almost like this um, fountain of youth that can kind of help it. And that can almost propel you into actually making it maybe to that fourth sound in return. So right. again, like your health and like your family history, of course, has stuff to do with that. But um, I just kind of feel like that's what that aspect does. And I think it kind of gives you life when you can actually just be. And and I think that's when you actually like realize like, oh, this is this is actually what this whole thing was about. Yeah, you know, we should just, have been living this way. This, this life is what always in front of me. But we have to go through these experiences because right. you can't just be your, you know what I mean? Because you, we do have to control. We, You know, universal consciousness gave us this experience to evolve consciousness. So we have to go on that journey. Um, But from this angle, you would have the ability just to really kind of watch everything unfold and just see the beauty 
um, and everything. And so this is like fully getting in touch with that magical essence. But again, it's this, it's this higher vibration, you know, um, every moment's playing like you were when you were a kid. Cause it's all, it's all a big game. We're just playing hide and go seek with ourselves. Right. 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 So Saturn returns. Saturn returns, man. Uh, I think that what we said earlier about the Patreon account, I think that's awesome that um, we'll be able to release those videos or that library later on. Um, and that way we can always go back and replay, you know, a lot of the things that we're saying and, and, sh- and sort of um, relating to to movies and to other stories. And Yeah, yeah. And actually, that's exactly what the page, you know, we're kind of limited with the the podcast, it's like once a week, we, we you know, want to publish that. Um, so the patrons just kind of a unique thing because we're just always going to be kind of uploading stuff on there, even just like cool videos we find. But again, there's a whole pretty much podcast episode on the Christopher Robin. And the beautiful thing about that is that it's videos. So it's all like a slide. So it's like almost like a slideshow. And I did this first one by myself. So it, it looks really bad, but Eduardo is going to help me. He was just busy this weekend doing amazing hero stuff. Um, so he's going to help me. So those are even get better. It's going to be like the first podcast when it's like, is Daniel talking into the microphone? Like, where is he? Is he like, where is he recording from? Um, so all of those are going to get better, but I really do look forward to you guys checking that out. Um, but you know, we're writing a little bit more too. We have a new blog post up on the website, so that's kind of exciting. Um, and always just be on the lookout and we just always are just so grateful to spend this this hour and a half or hour and 10 minutes with you guys every week we get to do it absolutely no it's a, it's always important and i don't have to reiterate but i always will reiterate because a week goes by and so much happens but you know um it's always important that you know someone is with you doing the great work and right. i think that one thing i can say is i'm so grateful for is i know who i do work with or who works by my side and trying to better our future and better ourselves. But to have you as listeners just kind of join us into at least entertaining what we have to say and hopefully um, hopefully for a long time what we have to say, we can do this all together. And I think this is so great. It's so, so great. So thank you. Um, yeah. yeah. So well, yeah. Anything well, else? Um, all the love. <laughs> all the love. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. All the love for sure. Um, but yeah, I guess until next time. Until next time.